You're listening to episode 45 of Caucasus Talk, your source for culture, history, and tourism in the North Caucasus mountains of Russia. I'm your host, Andrew. And I'm your host, Eli. Welcome back, everybody. And the Karachais are in the house. Woo! Karachais! Well, we're excited about it. Yeah, it's we a got really it. full house, by the way. This is, we've had many people in this room before, but never so many mic'd up. This is the most micage we've had. Got some serious ever Karachai micage going on. If this is episode 45, when does, uh, when does our podcast get over the hill? Is that 40? Is that 50? We definitely are over the, over the hill, over the hump. Over the hill. Isn't that like when you turn what? Oh. 40, right? 40. Yeah. But has it moved? Has life expectancy changed? Anyway, we're already over the hill. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't Got know. Got a couple if- more gray hairs on our head. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I don't know if I'll be able to do it, but when we hit 50, I just want to like have a huge surprise. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I want some kind of surprise. It's like our 50. golden anniversary. Dude, you're wearing pants and the weather is warming up. Andrew, <laughs> here's a question. Do men always have to wear pants in the North Caucasus? You are the expert I'm asking. Never mind the three. It North depends. It depends which republic you're in. Really? Yes. Would you wear shorts here? I actually don't wear shorts here. Ever. Uh, I have when I go running occasionally, which and is very rare. <laughs> I was say, when, when you go running. It was this time. I think it was before we started recording the podcast. <laughs> I don't think you've ever run since I've known you. That's I false. Believe, no, I, you I do have. occasionally. You do. But uh, certain republics, which are more conservatively, religiously, oh, religion-wise, uh, shorts are a big no-no. All right. Yeah. Just a qu- short answer to the two men in the room. You know, we'll we'll introduce you. So, what, would you ever wear shorts in your home village? No, never. How about you? No, ever. Are there any situations in which you would wear shorts? Probably when alone at home. That's probably the only case. Mm. The same. What, what about said. swimming? But then it's not shorts. It's so a swimsuit. What about running? Would you always wear pants running? Well, it depends when you're running, but yeah, even if even if I was running in the mountains, I was I still wear pants. Do you know what? There was an awesome Reebok commercial out recently with <laughs> Habibi, like just like sprinting up these mountains. Did you guys see it? Habib yeah. Nurmagomedov. Yeah, Habib. Ah, oh, no. And there's all these like boys running after him. I should. I'm sure he's wearing pants in that. For sure. I was just like thinking through it again right now. I couldn't remember, or if he has like his singlet on. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, he yeah, since he's a wrestler. <laughs> All right, well, I can hear the fingernails drumming out there as people are like, <laughs> let's get down to business. Could he stop talking? You get me every time with that intro. Wait, but Eli. before we go to our esteemed guest, we have a news minute. Yeah, and this a is a great one. Really interesting one coming to us from the shining city of Brooklyn. New yeah, York. that's right, New York City. <laughs> so um, really an incredible story. Uh, we'll start there and then we'll work our way backwards, which is what you always do in a Caucasus conversation anyways. Work our ways backward in backward history. Backward like a thousand years. Yeah. But. So uh, in Brooklyn, New York, this was from an article in 2013, so it's a little dated, but I would assume this still exists. There is a Lesginka class in New York City, and yeah. a man from Dagestan teaches the class. His name is uh, Anatoly. And he does and not he, speak. And he's from Dagestan. Yeah, yeah. So Anatoly is not a Dagestani name, right? Yeah. Right, what kind of name is it? Uh, uh, uh. So Anatoly is Jewish from Dagestan. 
That's right. Jewish from Dagestan. In fact, I was just in Mahachkala and my head whipped around because we drove past. I looked up and I was like, oh, what a beautiful. Wait, that's not a mosque. It's a synagogue. Wow. There's a synagogue in Mahachkala. Yeah. Yeah. So these are the, they're called the mountain Jews. Yes. Or the mountain tots. The mountain tots. And there are Jewish tots and Muslim tots, but there's a large number of mountain tot Jews. Yes. T-A-T. And they uh, have been in the Caucasus for several centuries. Um, They have their origins actually from Iran. Um, So, yeah. We're not going to go into all the history. I wouldn't be able to do a good job of that anyways. Um, but now most of the uh, Jews in the North Caucasus live in Pitigorsk, actually, our city. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but Anatoly was like a famous lesgica dancer during the Soviet Union, uh, all over the Soviet Union, especially in Dagestan. Yeah. And he lives in Brooklyn now, and he primarily teaches the class to these uh, families from Dagestan of mountain Jews who have moved to New York. Now, what's interesting and you guys may not know this, but Brooklyn has a really high uh, percentage of Jewish population anyway. Yes. There's Reformed Jews, there's Orthodox Jews, there's Hasidic Jews. Like, it's a big Jewish <laughs> part of the world. So what, that's really interesting, too. I mean, it must yeah. be that there's a, you know, draw on a connection right. there for them. Yeah, and there's a huge Russian population. And a huge Russian. So, so he doesn't speak English. When, when he's interviewed, Yeah. And we'll put a link to this interesting story this watch the, watch the video link on in the show notes listeners but, absolutely fascinating so here's what's cool for me about it is my lesginka teacher or now my children's but she is also taught mountain jew yeah wow here yeah. in Pitigorsk. and she is like super learned in all the ways of lesginka so wow an interesting overlap well and i what it really shows too is uh even though they were here for several centuries the mountain jews in dagestan different religion from Islam, which is the primary religion in Dagestan. Lesginka culturally spans and is a part of like all Caucasus nations. Right. You know, the Setians have different religious beliefs, but Lesginka is still a big part of their culture too. Um, so, yeah. All right. Now, what I'm mainly interested in is, were you guys a little bit impressed when I said I had a Lesginka teacher? <laughs> Just a little. <laughs> well, knowing you, actually not. Okay. Do you dance? Not surprised. Yeah, sure. Of course. Do you dance? Zukra? I prefer to watch. <laughs> but you can, right? I can. Do you know, is it nor- oh, let's introduce our guests because I'm, I want to get into this. Say no more. Welcome to our big crew of Karachais. We have Kazbek for the first time in the studio, Zukra, and Nauruz. Woo! We are so glad you're here. Now, if the name Nauruz sounds a little familiar to you, would it? Sure. The voice, maybe the voice. Because those of you who have been here from the beginning. Way the, back in 2017. Now this was our first interviewee. Yes, episode four about culture <laughs> in the North Caucasus. Brings a tear <laughs> to my eye. So we brought him, we brought him back and then... Uh, and he agreed to come back. That's Zou, what's really... This is a classic uh, situation here. We've got Nauruz, who is a good friend... <laughs> Uh, and then we've got Zukra, who we've known a long time, uh, knew her through the university. And then Kazbek, we're just meeting for the first time tonight. So all walks of life, but uh, all Karachais. Why don't you guys introduce yourself? Just say uh, maybe where you're from, uh, what are you doing in life right, your right name, now? where you're from. Yeah, you, tell us you just see. a little bit about yourself. Yeah. We'll start with Kazbek. I'm from 
Kislovodsk. Uh, my name is Kazbek and I'm 21 years old. Great. And I study in Pisovum mm -hmm. um, fr from 2017. And you're doing your baccalaureate. Bachelor's. Your, yeah. Bachelor's. Yeah. yeah. Great. Welcome. Welcome, Kazbek, from Kislovodsk. Great city. Sour water. <laughs> Sukra. Hi, everybody. My name is Zuhra. I'm a student. I'm, now I'm getting my master's degree. I graduated from university last year. Um, and when I'm from Uzjuta. It's a town located between Cherkesk and Karachalsk. But when people ask where I'm from, I just say Cherkesk. Because I always have to explain where it's located, how to pronounce it correctly, like Zjeguta. Dzeguta or Dzeguta. Wow. <laughs> so I just Andrew gets that with North Carolina all the time. They're like, now where is that again? <laughs> so how big is the city Cherkesk? Like how many, what's the population? Do you know? I, how many people? I'm not sure. But it's like bigger I think it's than around. No, it's smaller. No. It's smaller. I think so it's maybe, around 100,000. Well, Pitagorsk is... Closer to 200,000. Oh, yeah, all right. Yeah. So it's a sizable city. So it, I, let me get the name of your city right. Is it Uzjeguta? Right. Uzjeguta. Yeah, but is it Uzjeguta or is it Uzjeguta? Uzjeguta. Uzjeguta. Spell that. That's hard. And, <laughs> and you're, are you actually from Kislovodsk, Kazbek? Yeah, yeah. Ah, okay. So your family is from Ichkeken. But I'm born in Ichkeken. Ah, but you yeah. live now in Kislovodsk. Yes. So we've got Uzjeguta and Ichkeken. And last but not least. Yeah, so my name is Nauruz. I come from a little village in Kerchachukesa called Jaga. And... I think most people know it, but if there is someone who doesn't, it's just right by Ushka Ken, you know. Thanks, that helped. <laughs> yeah, so I'm 22 and I'm majoring in interpreting here in the same university. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm almost done, actually. So, yeah. So, you guys are the next installment in our uh, series in their own words, which means we want to hear from you. But I have a question. So, this is first in my own words. So, is it like standard practice, normal? Like, how do you guys, this is totally an aside. Okay. I might cut all this out. But how do you learn Lesginka? Like, do you all take lessons as little kids, just it's standard? Or do some people only take lessons and others, like, don't ever do it? Or do you just hang around and you sort of learn it from watching? I mean, what happens? You know what? The most interesting thing is Karachanians actually don't have Lesginka. <sighs> As their national really? type of dancing. Yeah. Well, Lizginka is a misnomer what? anyway. I mean, there are, what? I believe there How are. How did I not know this in At least two nations in North Caucasus that don't have it. Our dances are different. It's the Kurchai people, well, obviously the Balkars, and then Cherkes and Kabardinians, they, they don't have Lizginka. So why is it that the Karachai nation doesn't have Lizginka as their national dance? Is there a reason for that? Well, I mean, all the nations over here are kind of different. Our mentalities are also, they differ like a little bit. Okay. And yeah, so I, I think dances are also. Yeah, and the fact is like the word lesginka is actually kind of a misnomer. It's like an outsider's word and people just came and called all the dances lesginka. Yeah. And people have adopted it, but the actual people groups often call their own dances something different from lesginka. And if you look even a little bit, you see that they're all very different. Um, so. I that doesn't surprise me to hear that actually. I will say though that some of the best Lesginka dancers I've seen are Karachai guys. I mean, those Karachai guys can dance. So you guys must be doing something right. So all right, 
Karachayk, Cherkessia, uh, let's talk about where you guys are from. It's the western part of the Caucasus. Uh, if you look at the entire North Caucasus, most of the nations are to the east of you guys. Uh, mm. The Kabardines, the Ossetians, Ingush, Chechens, Dagestanis. Um, so you guys are on the western half part of the Caucasus, and you're one of the Turkic language peoples, correct? Karachai yep. has like Turkish roots. So did you guys all grow up speaking the Karachai language in your home? That was your native language? Yeah. Yes. Yes. So you, with your parents. Okay. So. Uh, did you speak Russian in your homes too? Yes. So tell me how that worked. When at home would you speak Nowadays Russian? Did and not when speak would you speak Russian at home. Okay. We speak Russian when I speak uh, with my father. Uh-huh. Yes, and I speak e- Karachai when I speak with my mother and uh, a grandma. Ah, yes. okay. Yes. Is your dad Karachai or is he Russian? Uh, he, he's a Karachai. Mm-hmm. Okay. But he speaks Russian. Uh-huh. Okay. Does your mom speak Russian? Yeah. Okay. But just different preference. What about you, Sukra, and your family? Every child is taught Karachai language, yeah. first of all, because yeah. it's, it's our native language. Right. And at the same time, they our parents taught us Russian. Yeah. And when I just started my school, I knew in Russian, both Russian and Karachai languages. Mm. And at the school, we were taught Karachai literature and Karachai uh, language. Okay. So you guys in the Nauru's, you said you guys actually didn't speak Russian in your home. We don't. Unless, Even today? I mean, my, my brothers are married to a non-Karachai girls, and when they are at home... Uh, we have to speak. Uh, we have to switch into Russian because they wouldn't understand. Yeah. But uh, in all other cases, I just feel I've, I think I've never spoken to my father in in Russian. You know, it's just wow. It's not because we we cannot speak Russian. We can speak it as fluently as we can speak our native. Uh, but it's more like I don't know. I just kind of feel strange. And I was asking my father today too. Like, could you speak to your father in Russian? And he said, probably not. Wow. Is his father alive still? Uh, no. Okay. So. Best way. For the record, I've never spoken to my father in Russian. You know me neither. <laughs> um, <laughs> frankly, we can, no, just kidding. Well, that's really interesting. Um, so for you guys now, you're, in your, you're all in your 20s. Uh, you've, school has always been in the Russian language for you. TV, for the most part, Russian language, internet, etc. Uh, and you live in, well, you live in, in Jaga, but you studied in Pitigorsk. You guys live here in Pitigorsk now, and most of your time you're speaking Russian. Is Karachai more your natural language for you now, or Russian? Or would you say they're the same? Sometimes Russian, sometimes Karachai. Okay. Yes. It just depends. Okay. What about you, Zukra? Um, I speak both Karachai and Russian here. I live with my sister here. Uh-huh. Mm. And when we're along, we just speak in Karachai. Huh. But sometimes we forget that we're not along and we start speaking Karachai language and people around us like, stop, you're speaking Karachai. And it's, oh, sorry. Huh. So um, at home, but at my republic, in my republic, I started yeah. to speak Russian and my parents like, wow, uh, you speak Russian, speaking Karachai. So uh, wow. I have to change. it. Huh. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Wow. So- I'm not at that level, but I will say... Even at this level, when I'm speaking with my American friends, sometimes a Russian word comes to mind oh, faster yeah. than an English word. Yeah, it just makes more sense it just, here and it in just, the context. 
you just throw it in. So it's not at all like mixed. It's just like every now and then, but it just happens. It's closer mm. or it fits what you're trying to say better. Can you guys, can somebody like, I feel proud about I that. want our listeners to hear the Karachai language. Yes. Uh, I sp- we actually have a lot of uh, listeners in Turkey and then from different Turkic speaking uh, nations like uh, Azerbaijan. And uh, so could somebody like, is there like a poem you learned in your childhood or uh, Zukras pointing at Kazbek? Um, he's the uh, <laughs> resident poet. Yeah, sure. He's ready. I have. Um... And what did the what did you say? Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, or what's it about? What's the theme? Uh, I said about mother. Yes, that uh, God is, tells to us that mother is the one. And only uh, in your life. You hear that, boys? Call your moms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. No, Ruz, do you have any? You're like the linguist. Palmer, Palmer, do you have anything you could just... Did he sing for us last time? No, you oh, said come that. On. I'm, I never sing. <laughs> Who no, was he... doing the anthem? We got some guys in here That doing... was uh, the English guys. The English guys broke yeah. into song and sang their anthem. Do you have a Karachai anthem? Anthem? Yes. Like your national, national song? National anthem. Oh. oh Zukra. Uh, Zukra knows it. I, I think oh, we've oh, got oh, the poet oh. and the singer. Yeah. And then the academic right it's here. It's like <laughs> Yevrovision. Like, still, you're there. <laughs> no, we won't make you sing. Yeah. Um, Zukra, that is the meanest look you've ever given me. <laughs> <laughs> you're asking her to sing. I'm just kidding. I'm Into just kidding. a microphone, man. Heartless, You promised Andrew. me no singing. Heartless. Okay. Um, Do you have a poem, though? No. No. I can, I can, um, how to say? Recite? No, recite. That's what it's. Uh, say, a, yeah, give a saying. Figure yes, of give a saying. Or something. Uh-huh. Okay, um, it comes to my mind just. Anatin It means that only fool will forget his native language. <gasps> we'll say it again. Anatin unutur. I love it. It's short and sweet. That's exactly how proverbs are. It's like boom, boom. Now, when do people use this? Like, in who, what kind of person will use this, Pasolovica, and in what situation? Can you give me an example? Um, when people, for example, live in Russia, live in native republics, they, they should not forget their native language. Mm. Right. They should not forget who, who they are. So would, like, your elders say this to you, for example, when you go off to school or if you come back? Like, only Wherever you go, I'm uh-huh. Karachai, uh-huh. everywhere. Preach it. Preach it. Okay. We 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 don't really have that in American culture. In fact, we tend to have something in the opposite. Like when people travel to Europe, be like, don't act too American. (laughs) (laughs) Which means loud. It's really loud. That's sort of the main one. It's true. Yeah. Turn it down. (laughs) (laughs) Try to blend in. All right. So I you guys, you mentioned uh Nauru's in passing that uh about the Bolkar nation. So I've always been told Karachai and Bolkar nations are like kind of brother peoples or sister peoples. Uh, so can you guys speak to this a little? Um, we're, we're actually having some Bolkars come in in a couple of weeks to interview them. So 
We got to you first. We still love you, Bokar Nation. Um, we said so, you went and saved the best for last. <laughs> I don't know why that came. Who was that? Bette Midler? I never know why <sighs> where and where these things come from. Now that song is playing in my head. Yes. My apologies. So you guys have very similar language, very similar culture. Can you speak to the similarities and the slight differences? Um, were you guys before One Nation? Why are there different names? And what are the the main similarities and differences between Karachais and Bokors? But I think the only one difference uh, in dialects. Okay. Yes. So it's the same language, just slight difference, and uh, kind of is it accent or like different words uh, or sounds? Words sounds. and sounds, uh-huh. and, and and I think uh, the the Karachai language more hard than. Uh, Okay. Yes. Can you give an example of differences of sounds? Mm-hmm. Like Jangur and Zangur. Uh, which is which? Uh, rain. Light means rain. And which mm-hmm. one was Jangur is in right is in Karachai language uh-huh. and Zangur, Zangur. spoken word. But some of them say Jangur. Now the, some of them say Tse instead of J. Some of them say J instead uh. of J. So do they have the same alphabet as Karachai's? Bokors. But Probably some the, of the sounds are just a little different. Is gen, that right? Like generally, only like G is, gets uh, replaced with J most of the time. Mm-hmm. There's actually a funny thing about talking about differences. They always make fun of us, like uh, locker guys. Um, when we, the way we say to switch the lights off, uh-huh. it's like if you translate it literally, it's just like make the light go to bed, something like that. You know? <laughs> How do you like, say that in Karchai? Juklatran. Put, put the bed to put the light to bed. And they they're like making fun of us, saying like, "How can you let the light sleep?" sleep you know? uh. <laughs> and they just use another word for that. Um, I don't know what that translates uh. into, but yeah. And there are some differences in words. I mean, uh, we say "karnash," but they say "karandash." Yeah, "karandash." Uh, what is that? Pencil. No. Oh, <laughs> no, that <laughs> was close like to Russian. <laughs> I know. But that's a brother. Ah. Yeah, we say karandash, which is pencil in Russian. <laughs> These are slight differences. So, but you could like un- com- understand a Balkar conversation and they can understand it. Can we clarify for our listeners, just in case they're a little bit lost on this, the republics that exist today, yeah. the Balkar and the Cherkess, are no wait, wait yeah. I got it mixed up already. The Karachai <laughs> Cherkessi. So the Karachai were put with the Cherkess, and those are not related during groups. during the Soviet during Union. During the Soviet Union. Yeah. Next door to the uh Kabardines and Balkar. Yeah. So the the Balkar are related not to the Kabardines but to the Karachai. Yeah. And the Kabardines are related to the Cherkess. So it's like a chiastic structure. There you <laughs> no, go. It's like an X. <laughs> uh and that was done in the Soviet era. So we're talking about these two people groups being related and you may be wondering why aren't they physically connected? Yeah. Uh, well, that's probably why because so they're related. Historically. So right now, Karachais live uh, kind of the further, farther West in the Caucasus mountains. And then Balkars live a little more East and to the South. Uh, the Balkars live to the East of Mount Elbrus and a little to the south of Mount Elbrus, and the Karachais live to the north and to the west of Mount Elbrus. Mm-hmm. Is that historically where Karachais and Bokars lived, or did they 
live together at some point? I think it can, like a good assessment of that would be to look at the names of places. Like if you look at Chiget, for instance, which is in Kabardino-Balkaria. Yes. Chiget means like forest in Karachay-Balkar. Um, so if you got like Turkic names for places, these are probably like inherently Balkar places in that republic. Uh-huh. Um, this That's my way of looking at it. Um, Again, I'm not an expert on history, and I don't really trust historians, especially the local ones. Uh, I mean, some of them, like, from some of them, you just hear, like, blind hatred. Um, Mm. From some of them, you just hear, like, blind praising, almost to the point that they want to say that you were, like, the first people on Earth, you know. So... I just I, I don't get I've heard that by the way from a Karachai. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we need to remember will when we interview our Balkar friends, we're gonna ask them about some of the silly things the Karachai say. We've heard that the Karachai say, put the light to sleep. Come on. <laughs> so I wanna know, besides language, what are some really distinct things for the Karachai that, that are different? Not just from the Balkar, but from like people around you. Like, what are some real clear markers of Karachai culture? Don't be shy, Kazbek. Let's start with you. I can say about um, about uh, wedding. Okay. Yes, um, wedding is going three days. The first day is um, uh, the the husband comes to comes to his wife yeah and see dance play and sometimes drink <laughs> <laughs> yeah and the second day um uh, side of wife and side of of husband comes together in cafe in uh, some place okay Yes, and dance, play uh, together. Okay. okay. And the third day, um, the wife's side becomes to husband. Uh-huh. Okay. So this is, is this pretty different from other Caucasus nations, how the Karachai people do their weddings? In fact, mm. one interesting cool. uh, fact about it is that, uh, how do they call it, the bride and the broom? Did I get it right? Groom. Groom. Close. Broom is, is, is what you sweep with. Right? Yes, that's right. right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> In so, some cultures, he might be considered more of a broom <laughs> than in others. Um, yeah, so the funny thing, actually an interesting thing, is that uh, they never sit together. So uh, mm. during the whole wedding party that goes for like three days, um, they sit like apart. Mm. And uh, there, are some, there are certain parts of the wedding party when the, when the, broom, when the groom... Um, he kind of like gets out and uh, he meets the the girl's relatives, and uh, they kind of look at him because I mean, if if they're always apart, how how, how the guests are gonna see the the the, the groom? Right. And the, and the, I mean, there's a moment when they both kind of like uh, maybe in the same room for a second, but wow. uh, yeah. Otherwise, uh, there are some modern guys that just sit them together, sure. but uh, that's uh, I don't know. That's not kind of that's not how it used to be. So. That's, I think it's a good point, Kazbek, you bring up weddings first, because among the Caucasus nations, there are many similarities, but the weddings are all really different, actually, the more I think about it, now that you've mentioned that. Um, I was at a Kabardine wedding last fall, and a Chechen friend was actually there with me, and he was just not in shock, but he was really surprised 
because he said this is so different from our weddings. Wow. And um, I've seen um, and heard about English weddings, and uh, I've been to other weddings, and they're all really different. Um, so that is something really unique, yeah, to the Karchai Nation. Okay. So weddings, what else? What are other like important things to the uh, Karchai people? What would you say is something really important, Zukra? Uh, to respect your parents, respect adults. Um, yeah. Don't do anything which, which could upset your parents. Hmm. Yeah. Just remember where you're from. Mm-hmm. Um, the main thing, I think, is that we should remember that our family is very important for us. And mm. whenever you are, we shouldn't do anything which as I said before, will upset our parents. Mm-hmm. The, how to explain? The reputation of your family is very important. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, just, I don't drink, I don't uh, smoke, uh, and um, just behave. Honorably? How to say? With, with honor. Yeah, yeah. yeah behave Behave with honor. or worthy, worthy of your family. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's Man, really good. That was inspiring. Get the kids in here. Wake them up. So maybe a better question, and you kind of address this, is what is one thing about the Karachai Nation that makes you proud to be Karachai? Great question. Uh, I think uh, personally for me, we have our own mentality. Okay. So uh, help our listeners understand how is the Karachai mentality different than other Caucasus mentalities? Is harder than the 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 other cities, towns, and uh, and places. Mm-hmm. How would you guys add to that? What would you say? I would say what what listeners would find kind of like I don't know maybe strange even I don't know um, like for instance my father I think I've never heard from him like call me his son like you know like my son he never called me like that mm-hmm. ne- neither did my mother and mm-hmm. even even if they're talking in third person. You can't say like, "Oh, my son did that" and, and stuff like that. It just and another thing, they don't even address each other with their like direct names. They just use like pronouns. Most, I mean, some people do. Like modern people usually do, but our parents' generation, huh. they don't even address each other by their like actual names. They just use pronouns or something. So, if she, your mom wanted to talk about you to someone, she wouldn't say "my son." Would she use your name? Um, yeah, say, I think she would use my kid? name. Yeah, my, my father usually says, yeah, something like a kid or something. Uh, but yeah, my mother, I think wow. she would use my name. Yeah. Do husbands and wives in your culture, I know it's probably different case by case, but do they use like uh, pet names, Laskovi, with each other? Like honey, bunny, oh, sweetie pie. They're all like looking with <laughs> no. disgust Sugar. over here. Like, <laughs> sweetie cakes, snuggle I mean, muffin, any of these? Like, like historically, like if you look at, at it culturally, um, even like I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, even like using your uh, spouse's actual name, I think they found it to be too um, intimate, something like that, and they just omitted it. It's like, and you're talking about honey and stuff, man. They would, <laughs> <What>? they, they, <laughs> it's like, it's Eli, like I'm watching, blushing over here. It's like I know. It's like Pride and Prejudice. So this is yeah. you know Jane Austen from the 19th century Victorian England, which you know. It's different from the U.S., but there are cultural ancestors. And, you know, the main family, the mother, is always calling the husband 
Mr. Bennett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Mr. Bennett, you do love vexing my nerves. I'm like going on like, and he's just reading his book the whole time. That's all he does. And I just, I, I told my wife, I was like, you can call me Mr. Moyer if you want. And she didn't take it. <laughs> I can picture that conversation. And um, by the way, uh, Parents shouldn't show their love to their children. Oh, oh yeah. always yeah. important. Yeah. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Shouldn't show their love to their children. Shouldn't. They they can hug them, or kiss them, or I don't know. My parents when I when I when I don't see them for long, and there are relatives, I just wanted to hug my parents and be like right. no, at home and <laughs> just I don't care. Okay, so like public display of affection. Yeah. <laughs> we That's they shouldn't. Point. Wow. So it's a, it's a part right. of honor. We need, we need to elaborate on this. <clears throat> this is one thing I don't fully understand in the Caucasus. Like, explain why that is. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> that is not a, the, maybe the like, best anthropological no, like, research question. I really want to understand why. Because, like, we come from America. And, like, for example, you guys were in the kitchen earlier. My daughter came in and hugged and kissed me goodnight. And I hugged and kissed her goodnight. I was. Was that weird for you guys? Humiliated. It was cute. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll say something worse. Obviously, this, she's little. This might so make, like there's exceptions. This for might make kids. you uncomfortable. When I drop my son off at school, I kiss him. <laughs> No, you kiss your son. Though? They're all like, no, no, <laughs> because little boys and dads kiss in the U.S. I understand, but yeah, I mean, yeah, he blushed. It's yeah, okay. Don't ever do that, Nuzjigutak. I just put okay. myself in that situation. That's probably blushed. Yeah. 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 So not, explain. So and, and immediately, Kazbek was like, no, no. I want you guys really to help our listeners understand. Because so you mentioned uh, no pet names between spouses. And At like, least in public. I don't know. I mean, okay. everyone's personal life is, is their yeah. own business. I don't know about that, but not publicly at least. Uh-huh. So you mentioned your parents not showing affection. Are you not talking about especially my parents, but all Karachai parents. Yeah. You know, the thing about kids, it's actually true. And I, uh, to me, it certainly makes sense because um, in our mentality in general, um, you don't praise what's yours, you know. Like even if, let's say you got a, let's say you got a good horse, right? You don't go around saying, "Oh man, look at look at my horse," and I'm not that I'm comparing things uh, kids to horse, but maybe it's uh, it's it's along the lines of that. But <laughs> do yourself out there now, <laughs> yeah, that's that's now, actually a part of Karachai culture is the horses. So yeah, I mean, that, I can we'll I can say like I can, I can bring some matter example. It doesn't matter. Yeah. No, the point is, it. what is yours? You don't really praise it, and now, when you when you're like out there displaying your emotions, that that kind of seems strange for other people uh, i mean so you're saying it is like unnecessary boasting or bragging it's like showing off kind of well i'm just i it's only now that i started thinking about this why we do that but um this is what caucus talk is about. all about we make everyone that comes in this room blush think. i mean think no <laughs> <laughs> it's just like you're basically um yeah you're displaying your emotions and you're it's not, I think some parents do praise their children, but at least mm. it's not in public anyways. Um, and not like, I don't know, like for instance, I can't really imagine like father kissing his son. That's uh, ever, ever. It, not all do that in the U.S. There, there's some dads who don't do that. So yeah. I'm a particularly mushy Where, person. Where are you from? Illinois? Where am I, in the U.S.? Yeah. I'm from the East Coast, from D.C. East Coast. 
Washington, D.C. Washington, right. D.C. That explains everything. No. Um, just kidding. <laughs> but probably dads from like Tennessee, Alabama, Texas. Well, my, is, it, is it the mm, kind of guys question. I don't? I don't know. Is it regional? That's a good That's a good question. But I uh, want to come back to what you were saying. I'm not sure. Wait a minute. Don't turn the tables on us. This is about... <laughs> this is about you. <laughs> right? this is You're not, from Georgia, right? I just started blushing. Okay, <laughs> North, no. North Carolina. So... Uh, uh, let me follow up on this We both quick. have lots of questions. So lots of gesticulating. You guys are Turk, a Tur- you're a Turkic language, so your culture is downstream from Turkic culture, right? Well, here's why I ask, because, and I wonder if there is potentially a connection. In Turkish culture, a really big deal is the evil eye. Now, these are usually represented as medallions that are blue and white, concentric circles, and they hang them everywhere. Restaurants, cars, and they are to protect, to ward off evil, you know, to keep evil spirits. But the you way guys it particularly these glasses, huh? uh-huh. yeah. right. And the way it particularly works is if someone compliments something that is yours, they are fearful that it will attract the attention of evil spirits. And so they will often do the opposite. With a new baby, they will insult the baby or spit on the baby as a tradition of saying, we don't want any evil spirits coming on the, so we don't say anything positive in public about it. And I just wonder if maybe culturally there's a connection there. There's a religious collection, uh, connection to it, but not in the way you described okay. it. So basically um, it is a true belief in our belief um, that, um, that was a tautology right there. If I had a dime for every time I, <laughs> Stumble out of tautology. <laughs> so basically, um, if you really, really like something, if you really, really get impressed with something, if let's say if I like like this glass of water and just look at it and, and get really impressed with it, I might do something with it. Uh, there's a there's a belief like that in Islam, uh, but to set things that would uh, kind of ward it off, uh, that that would be absolutely prohibited because the general uh, belief is that you should. Uh, put your trust in none but God, basically. That totally, I get, in terms yeah. of like... You probably heard Muslims say like, mashallah and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. This is what you say when you like something. It's like, uh, it's people say just to not affect something with their uh, impression of it. What Which, does it literally mean, mashallah? Um, hang on. What God wills. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, how state? about you guys? Do you believe your parents love you? You know it, but they never smothered you with kisses before you went to school, huh? <laughs> I think the reason I bring this up is obviously we're Americans. We've lived here. I've lived here over four years now. And this is definitely one of the big differences I notice is, and like we're pretty like culturally immersed here and but how we how me and my spouse relate to each other and how me and my kids relate to each other is very different from how caucasus families relate to each other so i've always noticed that we've been in many kavkaz homes we've had many caucasus people in our homes and they noticed that about us too of course and i could tell some funny stories about that but um that it's helpful that you explain it more and i mean Part of it is like, it's not just like you agree to disagree, you know, like really I, I haven't understood, I haven't always fully understood why that is, you know, and I think a lot of people haven't understood like 
why do you and Christy interact like that? Or why do you and your kids interact well, like that? Well, I would that? venture that we don't understand ourselves. It's true. Even deeply sometimes. Yeah. Kind of like you said, until we're really um, confronted with something very different and asked to examine it, we maybe don't even know what the reasons are, if if there are reasons. So I'm not sure we got any answers to that initial question, but that's okay. Those why questions or why people do things are actually some of the hardest. And I know this because I'm a researcher. You usually don't really get an answer when you ask why about a culture, a, a custom, just by asking why. You have to come at it kind of from the side yeah. and, and find out a lot more about it. So it would be really interesting to dive deeper. And you guys maybe will go home and keep thinking about it and realize more. So so real quick, let's finish this uh, line of questioning and then we'll move on. What if you guys could say one thing each that you are proud of to be Karchai about, what would you say it is? You were talking about the mentality, Kazbek. Um, that kind of makes you who you are. You can add something to that. What else would you guys say? What makes you proud to be Karachai? Language, maybe. Yeah? Mm-hmm. That kind of just gives you this sense of being Karachai? Uh, or you feel, makes you feel unique or what is it? It's one of the paths. Traditions, customs, mm. and of course language. Mm. Is there a code of conduct with the Karachai? We've we've heard from others like in in Chechen they have a code called Nokchal and um, who's Esdil? Esdil is in Gushetia. In Gushetia. Is there something similar in Karachai or not really? We call it Namas. Ah. We call it Namas. Yeah, it's like a uh, like a code of certain uh, moral rules, so to say. Yeah, like moral rules. Namis. Yeah, Namas. What's in Namas? Well, we did mention them, kind of, okay. uh, like the way you interact with your children, like uh. the fact that you don't call your spouse with with, with his or her actual name. Sugar pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And many, many other things, like, for instance, if you're riding a horse, you're not to shake someone's hands uh, with uh, while riding the horse. You have to dismount. It dismount. To yeah, mm. you have to dismount and then shake hands like that. And so actually, no leaning over. Yeah, and same thing with cars. If you just, you know, reach out from inside the car, that that's kind of regarded as as if as a disrespect. And there there are just many many things like that, you know. Hmm. I'll have to remember that when I'm riding through Karachai Cherkessia on my horse. Even like a <laughs> like a really. <laughs> Get, proceed, please. No yeah, worries. like a like a really <laughs> odd thing I think uh, would be. Uh, I think this is actually one thing that that might make us different from the other nations in the North Caucasus. When we kill an animal, you don't just distribute it randomly, the meat. Uh, depending on the status of a person, his age, uh, his relation maybe to you, um, certain people get certain parts. <laughs> like really, even depending on your neighbors, like certain part, you just, you, I mean, after you, you kill the animal and you start kind of like cutting the meat, there are certain ways of cutting it. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm a master of it, but... Uh, you cut it in a certain way, and certain people get certain parts. This is uh, like part of Namas as well, and there's a whole lot of time. Zuchra, so. have you ever killed an animal? No. <laughs> Just one. Girls don't kill. Girls don't kill them. And they don't see the blood process. The process? Yeah. So the men kill and cut it up. Yeah. Have you killed an animal, Kaspek? Yes. What animal have you killed? Cow. 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 Yeah. You so. killed a cow? Are they easy to kill? <laughs> How do you kill it? Do you cut its throat? Yeah. 
Yeah. It's part it's, of Namest. Did it's you not funny. read the cliff notes about Namest I sent you? Because <laughs> you said, I'm thinking about like particular American listeners, like when you kill an animal, you can't just distribute its meat at will. <laughs> you already lost our American <laughs> listeners. <laughs> like, when I kill an animal, distribute just, its we meat. We just lost 50 subscribers Is in the last like minute. Is that like buying a hamburger or <laughs> when you cut a hamburger in half, you have to pass it out in a certain way. No. There are, there really are cool. so many like, Intricacies, so many that we're like barely touching on right now that we could go a lot deeper on, but all right, we don't have time. We're already forty five minutes over over our timeline. <laughs> Andrew just looked at his wrist, and there's no watch on. <laughs> okay, so final question: We ask all our guests this question: If there is one thing you could tell the world about the North Caucasus, what would it be? What is like the one thing you want the world to know about Cosbeck this place? Cosbeck is locked and loaded. The mountains. Mm. Yes. What about them? Way too high. <laughs> <laughs> too high. Just right. Just right. Love it. Yeah, the mountains are amazing. Especially, just go to Dubai. I mean, it's, the panorama is incredible. It is. Yeah. Good. Okay, what about you guys? Maybe people, it's like a mini melting pot, like in America. Mm. There are a lot, especially in, here in Petrograd, there are a lot of, a lot of people of different national, nationalities. Yeah. And it's very interesting to, to know every day something new, to know new people, to meet new people, new friends. Yeah. That's great. That's great. It really is a melting pot here. Well said. Okay. I would say that um, people shouldn't judge all people in the Caucasus by what they see in some like touristic spots if you if that if that isn't a, if that sure. is even yeah. a phrase in Tourist, the touristy areas. Yeah. yeah. Um like I, I know I know myself like in Dombai you get a lot of strange folks sometimes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and people I, I just feel kinda embarrassed for uh for my nation mm-hmm. very often because huh. like Russians and maybe some foreigners come in there and they just act like that. And um, this kind of makes me embarrassed, and I, yeah, my message would be just don't don't judge all of them based on their actions. So get into the real, authentic carcasses. Go to Ichkeken. Go to Uchekuta. Go to Jaga. Go to the wood. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Kazbek, uh, Zukra, Nauruz, thank you for being here. Yeah, represented the Karachai Nation well. Um, we will be putting in the show notes their Facebook profiles. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> Phone numbers. But, but uh, thanks for, I think probably for a lot of our listeners, this was the first time they really learned more in depth about your people. And I think it was good. And it's a great reminder. I mean, the experience of trying to dig down and find out what makes a a, a people group distinct. You know, it's like... It's not always obvious and immediate, but there's it goes deep, and you could tell just you know talking with you guys. So yeah, thank you so much for sharing with us. Thank you guys for our invitation. Yeah, thank you too. Yeah, listeners, uh, we'll wrap it up. If you have any questions, want to connect with us, uh, shoot us an email podcast at caucustalk dot com. Definitely uh, check out our Facebook page. Uh, give us a like, and we're posting content there multiple times a week. Thanks for listening. This was episode. 45 of Caucus Talk, your source for culture, history, and tourism in the North Caucasus mountains of Russia. And I haven't said in a while, but we will see you when you get here.